Everybody and welcome to episode number 64 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for Saturday, September 16th. My name is Josh Cannon, and I am here with my omnipotent, uh, omnipotent, omniscient, uh, whatever omni words, other omni words there are. And his name is Mike, and he's come down from the clouds to bestow us with his presence. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing uh, wonderful. Doing pretty good. Uh... Things are going all right with school. Um, I'm not too enthusiastic about one of these poems I'm being asked to write, which is uh, write a poem from the point of view of somebody you know and incorporate like their tics and their certain words they use. And I'm like, I don't remember any of that shit from anybody in my life. So I, I, I'm actually thinking about just skipping that assignment and being like, uh, I don't know how to do it. So fuck it. <laughs> See, that's something I've. I, that's something I would definitely be good at because, like, I'm really good at copying people's mannerisms and picking out people's little. Uh, well, I'm not. So the, I'm the opposite with that. That's the stuff that just doesn't register with me at all. So I don't remember enough about my parents or or my friends or anybody to really write a poem from their point of view in that particular fashion. I'm just. I tried, and I was just just a total blank slate for at least an hour or two. Well, just make something so, up. It's not like your professor knows your mom and that's not like she's going to be like, that's <laughs> not what your mom would have said. <laughs> I just, I feel bad doing that though. Cause I, I've been doing really well with all the other assignments and, and, and they're not like that much of the grade. The biggest part of the grade is the portfolio. So I, I could just basically like fuck it this one time and then, you know, do, Mike, do, do you, the assignments. For you the might be ones. the only person I know that has ever gone to college and has any kind of a conscience when it comes to getting assignments done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think not giving a fuck and just trying to get by and, and pass the class is 99.9% of people's uh, prerogatives. If they have to beg, borrow, or steal, they don't care. As long, now, if it's like if it's like a class, okay, for instance... If it's a class that it's something that it's teaching you that you're going to need to know for the career that you're going to be doing, like say it's an editing class and they're teaching you yeah, techniques. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not writing poems for a living. Exactly, so, yeah. exactly. So that's why, you know, it's stupid. You know, maybe they have a reason for it, but I think for a lot of stuff, they just kind of like, well, we need to make them do something to fill up this time that they're here. So let's kind of just pull something out of our assets dumb it has nothing to do with their major or anything they're interested in that's why i don't even like college i like youtube tutorials because i can i can finger pick exactly what i want to learn i'll put it that information in my head boom done i just spent 30 minutes instead of uh you know five months or however long a semester lasts i forgot you know and then there's all other useless bullshit you have to learn as well i'm against college for many reasons <laughs> yeah but i'm happy that you're going mike Good for you, buddy. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm trying to enhance my writing skills, to, so hopefully I can you know publish some books and stuff like that with my name on the cover. That'd be cool. Uh, even though it's a very generic name, so there's there could be like ten thousand Mike Browns in the United States that said, "Oh yeah, that was maybe, actually maybe me. I, I'll probably go with Michael for that one." Oh. But even though that's probably pretty pretty generic. Yeah, and yeah, a little bit. You you have to do a pen name. Um, Why? 
just so it stands <laughs> out amongst above the crowd, you know. Um, Michael, oh, no, you could be uh, Michael Big Hoss Brown, like <laughs> <laughs> no Big Hoss in quotation mark. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Well, <laughs> that's awkward. Um. So okay, you 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 all right there, buddy? You just just made me laugh so hard I, I coughed. So all yeah, right. I'm okay. Yeah, so uh, I, I made it, everybody. Uh, I survived Hurricane Irma. I did it. Irma. Irma. Oh, my God. The amount of fucking people who lost their shit over that hurricane. So it was a three, I think, right? Category three. It wasn't even a category four like they thought it was going to be. Oh, no. By the time it hit us, it was a category one. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it literally exactly what I predicted last podcast. So the, there, there was no sticks in the air the, singing. The band Come sticks, unfortunately, did not show up. Well, actually, no, the band did show up, but it was only Tommy Shaw and the other guys. Dennis DeYoung was not. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it was cool, but it wasn't like the full lineup. So I still complained, you know, because um, that's, you know, Internet uh, culture nowadays, you know, it, it wasn't perfect. So I'm still going to, you know, vlog about you know how it sucked but no i mean it was exactly what i predicted some branches fell down um we lost i lost power at my place for about a day and a half and then it came back on exactly what i knew was going to happen uh some of my food went bad in the freezer and i had to throw it out but it wasn't even that much food um honestly like i enjoyed the time the time off i enjoyed the peace and quiet didn't really bother me there was no electricity Although I will say the aftermath was uh, very inconvenient. And this is some first world problem ranting right here. So, uh, you know, <laughs> get ready for your eye rolls. But it's, it's so annoying that, like, just shit you take for granted. Like, after uh, just going out to a grocery store and getting a gallon of milk or getting some, like, a frozen pizza or something, like, there was none of that after the hurricane because all the coolers everywhere, you know, there was no power. So everything had to be thrown out at all these stores. And it was uh -huh. days and days before they were going to get a new ship, a uh, new truck into this shit. So I had to go without milk. You had to go without a bunch of essential shit. And um, just the uh, the day after the hurricane, there was like three food places open, like a Mexican restaurant and two Chinese restaurants. And like, oh, my God, dude, I went to this Mexican restaurant. And it was like a fucking music festival crowd outside. It was like crazy. There was like so <laughs> many people like they had like. Fucking towels laid down on the ground, like, hanging out, scalping tick, scalping uh, tacos and shit. Like, hey man, you looking for some tacos? I got some. No, I'm just, <laughs> just joking. That didn't happen. But some guy who just has a, a trench coat. Yeah, he just opens and up just got... and he's got like pockets, individual pockets for each taco. Yeah, what you want, got man? All these different... I got some chalupas and some chimichangas. Yo, man, and... I got some. I got some hot sauce that'll blow your mind. I got some taquitos, man. <laughs> Yeah, so I said uh, I said fuck that, and I turned my ass around, and um, I I found uh, I I had to. My brother had power the whole time. I don't know how he lives five minutes away from me. He had power the whole time, so I just went to his house and microwaved a lasagna. Lucky bastard. Yeah, dude, his fucking power. <laughs> like last hurricane, his power didn't even really go out, or if it did, it went out for a very short time. He, his house is like brand new though i mean it's not like most of the houses i never here. really experienced hurricanes but when i was in oklahoma city i did see some tornadoes like i didn't see them in person but they hit uh near the area not really necessarily near like uh, more than a few miles away from where i was living but i always remember this uh this tidbit there was a chuck e cheese that got hit 
not once, but multiple times during tornado season. And it's the exact same Chuck E. Cheese. Not not a different one. No, the exact same one in the exact same place. Every time. Damn. And I'm like, that's a sign from God, basically saying, move this Chuck E. Cheese. Or get rid of this Chuck E. Cheese. Whatever. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like the location. I'm sending you a message. Listen to me. <laughs> There's probably like there's probably like I that, don't like that mouse. That Chuck E. Cheese He's creepy. That Chuck E. Cheese is probably like a, a a money laundering front or some kind of like sex trafficking <laughs> front. Or there's probably like a dungeon underneath it with all these like 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 Swedish kids, you know, that are being held prisoner or something. Um, that that's like a real life Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a video game for for those of you out there who don't know. It's a video game that I haven't even played yet. I've just I've seen the the bears all over the place, and apparently it's one of the scariest video games of all time. But yeah, I want to thank everybody who uh, checked in on me uh, constantly. Very motherly. So we have some very motherly listeners out there who are checking on me, making sure I was all right. Um, I, I knew it wasn't going to be bad. You know, I'm never one to overreact over, over anything like this. Uh, and real problems, I don't overreact to. All my made up mental bullshit in my head, that I overreact to all the time. But like actual real problems that are like could be serious, I, I, I underreact. So I, you know, I was fine, but yeah, thank you everybody for uh, checking in on me. And with that said, uh, you want to get to some mysteries of the unsolved kind? You want to talk about some dick? Yeah, yeah, let's talk about some dick. <laughs> some Dick Hansen, that is. Yeah, exactly. Fucking perverse. Uh, what did you think? We were this going is with? a, uh, I believe this is a case that I think Thomas or somebody on the on the group was was talking about oh before we get into that thanks for reminding me if you want to join our group where we talk about unsolved mysteries and uh other content is on there that i can't even mention but it's totally worth checking out um forbidden I, but uh fabulous and it, wonderful and we have and nothing to do with it lovely it's a free country you can do what you want me and mike have no affiliation with this but whatever it is what it is not going to stop it. <laughs> um, it's uh, The Facebook group is Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. So go to Facebook and search for the in the group section for Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. Mr. Thomas Hatfield is the moderator. And yes, this was, uh, I think this was him. I've forgotten all of his requests, that it was him in the past for all his requests. So might as well keep it going with this one and forget whether he asked for this one or not. <laughs> uh, keep that tradition alive. We also have a Facebook fan page. It's uh, facebook.com slash Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. And also, we have a Patreon page where if you feel this content is valuable to you in some way, shape, or form, and you want additional perks, you can go check that out and support us financially as well. It's patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. So let's get back to some dick. dick. <laughs> anyway, uh, Dick Hansen is a former college football star, and he ends up being shot by... A stalker, perhaps. And that is the little gist of this case. This is a good one. I remember seeing this, and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, it was pretty shocking at first. I was like, wow, like, really? I, I was really surprised it went where it went. Because I was like, I shouldn't be because it's Unsolved Mysteries. But uh, it was still surprising. Dick Hansen was a former college football star from Sunnyville, California. Sunnyvale, California. 
He was just getting over a tough divorce when he decided he needed a night out. So on April 29th, 1991, he asked a friend who we'll call Gene to meet him at his favorite hangout. According to Gene, and she's quoted here, he was in a very good mood. Very good. He was very happy with where he was. He was very happy with what was going on in his life and where he was headed. Gene said that she and Dick left the bar together in her car and drove to where Dick had left his pickup truck. The name sounds like a football player, doesn't it? Dick Hanson. I almost would keep wanting to call him Dick Handsome. <laughs> That's one handsome dick. I'm sorry, folks. You know, I understand that, that that was a popular name in like the 60s, 70s, maybe 80s or whatever. But that is such an antiquated name at this point. Like you, it, it, you do not run into any. I don't even any... understand where Richard ended up becoming Dick. How is Dick... A nickname for Richard. Well, let's look that. Let's look that up, shall we? How is how is Dick Richard? And, and you go on with your segment, and I will come back to that. So Jean said that she and Dick left the bar together in her car and drove to where Dick had left his pickup truck. She's quoted again here. There were no cars at all, and I remarked to Dick. I said, "This is funny. Yours is the only car left on the street." So we were sitting there talking, and this car pulls up behind us. And I looked, and I thought, I don't even think it was too strange because there was a mailbox on the sidewalk there. The man just sat there. He didn't do anything. And I was kind of half-turned in the seat so I could look at Dick, and I could see him out of the corner of my eye. When it was time to leave, Jean said she was unfamiliar with the route home, so Dick told her to follow him. Well, he pulled out, I pulled out, and the guy behind us pulled out. And moving up to the stoplight, turning left, Dick turned left, and I turned left, and the guy turned left. We go up by two blocks and turn left again, and he did the same thing. Well, by this time, it's making me uncomfortable, so I moved to the middle lane. He moved to the middle lane. So I moved back, and then he moved back. I only did it once, but that was enough to tell me that this man was definitely following us. So this is a road raid scenario here. Like the uh, road rage uh, segment that we discussed on the podcast before. I mean, I know we already have one dick here, but I'm pretty sure this other guy's a, a pretty big dick too for is, doing what he's, he's doing. He's coming in. He's contending for the first place dick, uh, dick name in this segment for sure. Out of the two dicks, the driver that was doing this was the dickier, the dicker of the two. Maybe the dickest. Um... Yeah, that's weird, you know? Like, I've been in a bunch of situations like this where there's a, a weird car behind me or, like, you're parked somewhere shadowy and there's somebody else. But I always tell myself that, you know, they're probably fine. Like, nine times out of ten, this is probably... Some drunk guy. Well, that or, like, they have their own agenda for being out there in that particular spot and I shouldn't be all paranoid thinking that every, everyone's out to get me. So I tell myself, you know, just disregard them or whatever. And nine times out of ten, mm -hmm. I'm right, you know. And and but but then fucking shows like this come along, like Unsolved Mysteries, and they they plant that seed of paranoia in your brain that oh no, when you're out in the dark and someone's behind you in, a, in another vehicle, that very well could be somebody who's out to randomly murder you or your buddy that you're with. So thanks a yeah. lot, Unsolved Mysteries. I appreciate it, that. Unsolved Mysteries is right there to shoot you in the dick. Just right then and there. That uh, Yep. And yeah, shoot. They shot a dick. A dick was shot. If, if you have a... <laughs> what, what, 
If you haven't learned by now, folks, this is the kind of uh, maturity level and joke quality <laughs> that you'll be experiencing for the rest of this podcast and our many other podcasts that have preceded this. So when it was time to leave, Jean said she was unfamiliar with the route home. And I already said that part. So at the next traffic light, Dick signaled for Gene to follow him onto the freeway. The man stayed close behind. For more than 10 miles, Gene said the man shattered her every move, shadowed her every move. Dick was on the inside lane and I was on the outside. And somehow we got the guy between us and behind us. And I thought, all right, you rascal, I'm going to get you. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that's funny. Uh so I slammed on my brakes. I'll be darned if he didn't slam on his brakes, too. Did, she must have done her first interview on uh, for Unsolved Mysteries, and she was like, and I said, I got you now, you piece of shit, motherfucker. And I slammed on my brakes and said, <laughs> you know, blah, blah. And then the producer was like, um, yeah, this is going to air on, like, d- daytime, or not daytime television, but this is going to air on NBC. It's going to be families watching. So uh, we've just taken the liberty of making some uh, substitutions. Uh, instead of a motherfucking shithead why don't you call him a rascal and uh instead of saying uh slammed on the goddamn brakes why don't you say darn it instead uh <laughs> <laughs> that that sounds like a pretty plausible theory to me i'll be darned if he didn't slam on his brakes too it was almost like he was reading my mind i almost missed the turn but he followed this man was still behind me so i followed dick down the ramp and we made a right hand turn dick just pulled over to the side of the road i pulled up behind dick and i don't know why in my mind i just knew this guy would just go right on by and wave or something he pulled up right behind us and i don't know who was more in shock dick or me (laughs) i'm sorry i pulled up behind dick who was more shocked dick or me i mean just oh man i'm so I'm so I'm, I'm I'm almost thirty. Well, she got dicked, and, and Dick got dicked in the end. So yeah. So Dick walked back to the man and kind of leaned down, and he either said, "What are you doing?" or "What do you want?" And I couldn't quite hear what he said. And the guy said something to him, and Dick goes, "What?" And the guy just said something else to him, and then proceeded to point to the back of my car. And at that point in time, Dick just stepped back, stood up, and raised his arm and said, "Get the blankety blank out of here." So I just. <laughs> Okay, that didn't even try there to give her something, uh, a, a different word to insert there. They're just like, oh, just say blankety blank, because you probably said, get the fuck out of here. So I jumped back in my car and I looked in my rearview mirror and I heard pop. And I hear pop, pop. Yeah, now see. Dick went down. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> now see, I, now, now that, that's, that's the. Uh, that part I thought was creepy, you know, because in the yeah. scene they show him going to the car and he's having words with this guy. And and a lot of a lot of times unsolved mysteries is scary for what they don't show and what they mm-hmm. what they don't say or what they don't, uh, you know, like over explanation is not a lot of times necessary for horror. And a lot of times it takes the scare factor out of it. it a lot of times over explanation ruins a lot of things. And unsolved mysteries was pretty good about uh, just letting these situations play out. Um and this situation is is um you know it's it's mysterious because it's like what did he say to make dick oh god it's like I tr- i'm trying to be serious about the segment but i just this dick is just such a hilarious name um like what did he say and then for him to go what'd you say get the fuck out of here you know whatever he said you know it's like 
He probably said something like degrading or sexually suggestive about the chick. Maybe I'm I'm thinking like uh, yeah, the girl you're with's pretty hot. I'd like to ride that pony. Hey, <laughs> or so I don't know something like that. Yeah, or uh, maybe he was like I don't know what else could he have said to to make Dick react that way. I don't know. It's a mystery. Maybe. Dick went down. As the gunman sped off, Jean got out of her car. I ran back to where Dick was, and his eyes were like half-closed, and I tried to find the pulse on his neck, and it didn't look like he was breathing, so I started to give him mouth-to-mouth. Oh, yeah, I bet she did give Dick some mouth-to-mouth. Dick Hansen was shot twice, once in the chest and once in the neck. He never regained consciousness and was pronounced dead at the hospital. He left behind two daughters, aged 11 and 13. According to Detective Les Richards of the Sunnyvale, California Police Department, the authorities had trouble ascertaining a motive. As far as we know, Dick Hansen did not know his assailant. What makes this particular case extremely difficult is that most homicides boil down to common denominators of sex, money, or drugs, and network out from there. We have not been able to put this particular homicide in any of those categories so that we can develop a motive. However... Police have come up with one come up with one possible theory about this case. Jean's personalized personalized license plate read 49er hugs. The killer had gestured toward her license plate when he was talking to Dick. Detective Richards wonders if the killer wasn't a crazed sports fan. Dick Hansen's physical stature was that of a football player, so we were looking into the theory of a disgruntled fan as being one of the responsibles. Can you just imagine that shit? Some like 49ers fan was pissed off, you know. No, not really 49ers fan, because it's 49ers uh, license plate. Some Raiders fan, or some Cowboys fan, or some other fan, or some other team that's in the 49ers division. And they were all like, you're a 49ers fan? Fuck your whore, bitch of a fucking wife. 40, the 49ers suck. <laughs> Fuck you, and then shoots them or something. I, I, don't know mu- I, don't, I don't know much about sports. I know next to nothing about sports. Um, well, I know there have been people who have been stabbed and killed uh, because of sports So and football. I think it might have been 49ers fans or Raiders fans who killed some 49ers fans or something. There's been some crazy shit that's happened. In, in sports bars right, and stuff like, like that. Right, like after and, a game or in the, yeah. you know, or during the game or something. Or but, in the parking lot after the game is over. Yeah, but, yeah. but just randomly, like, Jesus Christ, how, how psychotic would you have to be? A game wasn't even going on or anything, and, you know, just, it's just, you know. I hate the 49ers! Fuck the 49ers! 49ers must die. <laughs> like know, how somebody like, could hate so, uh, something like like a stupid fucking game like football or something. How somebody could get that passionate about it where it literally this is not the the 49ers did not oppress a whole like race of people. The 49ers did not genocide anybody. The, the 49ers fo- did not rape and kill your kill your mom. That didn't happen. They threw a fucking so. uh, they threw a a a pigskinned ball-shaped thing maybe maybe the 49ers kicked your team's ass it happens there's no reason to go around and shoot people over it if that's the case yeah and your team being the uh, state that you happen to live in or be born in or that you happen to just adopt or you're just a fan of yeah, yeah. It, but by no means is your team and the fr- it, like to, to quote jerry seinfeld the fans who could say we won no they won you watched uh, you know, so it's like, I just, well, I don't see how people get so, uh, the fervor. I, I can, I can see it cause I'm a sports fan. Okay. I'm i I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. So I can see why people 
uh, get so worked up about it. What I don't see how people can get so worked up that they would shoot somebody over it. That's the thing where it, it doesn't make any sense to me. That person must have been mentally ill to begin with, that they would have done something like that. But I don't know if that was really the case or not, because this just seems like a theory. It could be some crazy sports fan. It could also be just some crazy guy. Yeah, it's um, it's crazy. And we don't know if he has any relationship with the with uh, the girl or with Dick. We have no idea. We don't know Dick about this guy. <laughs> we don't know Richard about this guy. Um, At the time of the shooting, Gene described the suspect as white with a dark complexion. He wore sun. Uh, he wore eyeglasses, not sunglasses. He wore eyeglasses with large black frames. In addition, the suspect's car looked like a 1970 Pontiac GTO Le Mans. It was a two-door coupe with a dull faded light gray or blue paint job. Dick Hansen's killer remains at large. So if this guy was a stalker, like who was he stalking? Was he stalking Dick? Was he looking for some Dick? Or was he stalking the girl and then he found out she was a Niners fan, which is like, fuck this bitch. She's fucking whore. 49er whore. I bet she sucked 49 dicks. I don't know. I'm just feeding the fire right now. Um, yeah, well, you know, the fact that he's the fact that this guy is still at large kind of tells me a lot about yeah. the, the motive. It tells me that this guy was a nut job and it was a random killing mm -hmm. because uh, pretty much what it boils down to is it, like a cop was saying this one time um, on some podcast. He's basically saying the best way to get away with a murder is you have to have no ties of any kind to the person that you kill, and there has to be no motivation, basically. So it has to literally be a random killing, and that, that is the easiest way to get away with murdering somebody. Because mm -hmm. if you have any kind of ties to that person, uh, if there's any kind of a motive, uh, th those are all things that help police kind of form a scenario in which you could be implicated. So the fact that this guy is still at large and they haven't caught him yet kind of tells me to a certain extent that that this is most likely this was most likely a random uh, a random nut job, you know, who, who just did this, you know, and that, yeah. and that happens, you know, it, it happens. I mean, for however many million of millions of people live in the United States, I mean, you know, there's got to be a, a good dozen or so that will randomly yeah. do that, you know, there is not. An update for this case, none whatsoever. Although it was featured on the show Dates from Hell. Oh wow, that is a that is a date from hell for sure. Now, see this 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 shows the stark um, compare the stark contrast between a show like Unsolved Mysteries and these other Bobo ass shows that pick up these stories and run with them. Bobo, they made a show called what what what. <laughs> I, I'm not familiar with the Bobo term. I'm I'm not familiar with that. Are you serious? Is, is that a southern thing? Really? You've never heard the term Bobo to describe like a knockoff, a cheap imitation? No. Really? No. All right, tell all of our listeners out there. Am I is that is that a southern thing? Yeah, like like if something's Bobo, it's it's a it's a knockoff. It's a cheap imitation. I can't believe you've never heard that phrase. No, I'd never heard of that. Oh my god, that's 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 fascinating to me. I thought everybody knows that phrase around here, and it could be a, it could bloody well be a southern thing. And I just said bloody well, and that's an English thing. So that, I'm all <laughs> over the fucking map right now. 
But no, yeah. Uh, it's like a not Bobo. It's like a knockoff, a cheap, a cheap imitation. Like, like instead of Bozo the Clown, it's Bobo the Clown. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, like these like knockoff shows, like a uh, date from hell. You know, they're calling this show Date from Hell. It's about somebody who died who left his two daughters behind. You're gonna be cheeky about how you name the show. Oh, Date yeah. from Hell. Get it? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's like, dude, this guy died and left behind two kids, and you're calling it, and you're calling the show Date from Hell. Like this is supposed to be some kind of a like a fictional, you know, kind of. Oh, what's a what a crazy date? You know, you ended up. You know, slipping in a mud puddle and ruined your best jacket when you were going to go see well, her. I mean, in all honesty, that is a pretty horrifying date. You have to be honest. I mean, I don't but know. yeah, they are trivializing it. Yeah, yeah that's a good that's sure. a good way of putting it. Uh, trivializing it a little bit. Unsolved Mysteries did not do that. They handled every single segment with the utmost respect. Sometimes Robert Stack would smirk a bit if he knew it was bullshit. And I've seen I've seen a few segments particularly the UFO ones and, and some other uh, paranormal stuff where he does kind of give a smirk like, this has got to all be complete bullshit. How much are they paying me to do this? So you, you do see that every now and then, but <laughs> anytime he's talking about murders or lost loves or anything like that, he's yeah. always very... And just the stoic nature of Robert Stack in general was just uh, perfect for like a show like this. But um, uh-huh. So yeah, um, I, so I just pull up the article here, uh, Why Dick is Short for Richard. The name Richard is thought by most etymologists to derive from the Proto-Germanic Ricartru, whatever. I'm not, of course, there's got to be fucking hard words in here. Of course, because I'm trying to read an article, because that that always happens. Anyway, it's a Germanic name, uh, meaning more or less hard ruler. This was adopted into Old High German as Ricohard, and from there Old French, then Old English as Richard, and today Richard. You might think of Richard meaning hard ruler. And being a man, being a man's name that Dick, being a nickname for Richard Pye, came from, came about for pejorative reasons, borrowing from one of the other meanings of Dick, such as Dick as in jerk or Dick as in penis. <laughs> However, the first record of Dick meaning jerk didn't come out until a few hundred years after its association with with Richard, and the first record of it referring to a penis wasn't until the 1890s as a British army slang term. Exactly how that latter meaning came about isn't known, being a slang term that was considered somewhat uncouth to put on paper. Because of that, dick, meaning penis, probably had been around for a while before the 1890s, but not nearly long enough to have contributed to the Richard Dick connection. So so it's an unsolved mystery. We do not know the origins behind that. Uh, yeah, how Dick became a nickname for Richard is known uh, and is one of those knee bone connected to the thigh bone type progressions. Maybe maybe it, it had something to do with the hard ruler thing. Yeah, I'm trying to see if there's like anything else in here. That's, uh, well, I mean, you know, hard. Dicks get hard. Hard ruler. Dick. Well, they're saying they're going they go on to say like Richard, which was short, shortened to Rick. Um, people that makes sense. Thus, someone who nicknamed Rick might uh, be further named Dick because he's a dick. Rick the Dick. Um, yeah, there's there's um, and that's got some bonus facts here. While you won't typically hear people calling Richards Hick Dick anymore, the Hick <laughs> this nickname did give rise to uh, blah blah blah. Who gives a flying fuck? Man, a Hick Dick. That's 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 a pretty 
pretty bad dick. I think that's the name of Luke Bryan's next album, actually. <laughs> hick dick. <laughs> I got a big old fucking hick dick. <laughs> oh my god. You know who Luke Bryan is, right? The country guy? Yeah, I think I think I know what it is. Uh, it's yeah. unfortunate that you know who he is. But anyway, it plays into my story. I was doing karaoke a while back at a place called Tom and Betty's and there was this like uh-huh. old there's this like Marine, former Marine, whatever guy, and uh he was there and you know like all the former Marine guys I've run into, they're very serious types. Like they they they, they don't seem to uh they're not ones for humor. I've seen that. Well, there there's a certain personality that goes into the military yeah. and succeeds. And I'm sure I'm wrong. So. I'm sure there's uh, I'm sure there's you know uh, like Marines or former Marines out there listening right now who could be like you know oh whatever you're full of shit I'm I'm funny. Well, I mean there are some that are great and and are you know nice amicable guys. I'm, I'm just not saying, saying from my, pers- my personal my like personal experience, but. every Marine I have met has been very like serious, very like stoic, stoic, very like no nonsense kind of. So this guy was no different, and he was coming up and he was like demanding i play luke bryan this marine guy and i was like okay this is the south it's not unusual for people want to hear country music so i play it and then he kept like naming these luke bryan songs that he wanted me to play and so then i saw i kind of got off that because i was like i'm not letting this one dude like rule my show i don't care if he used to be a marine or whatever like you know i'm a i'm a civilian you're not i'm not under your control whatever i'm running my fucking show if you don't like it fuck off uh, so I'm playing different songs and I guess he was drunk or something. And like in the middle, of, in the middle of the gig, he just starts yelling out, Luke Bryan, Luke <laughs> Bryan. <laughs> it almost sounded like he, he, like he was a scorned lover of, of some guy named Luke Bryan from like another state or something. And he's just crying out. His former <laughs> lover's name in the rain. So in, in, instead of Adrian, it's uh, Luke Bryan. No, no, no. Luke you, Bryan. No, you got to have the redneck accent like that. That no, this was not a uh, a Boston or Philadelphia guy. It was Luke Bryan. I like the scene in Shawshank Redemption when the guy like rips his shirt off in the rain after crawling out of the shit pipe. Like I get to see this guy doing that, but like crying out Luke Bryan, like his lover his former lover that he have to left, leave behind. So it'd be military. like that scene in Raising Arizona when John Goodman gets out of the ground and pulls the guy up and is yelling, but instead of just randomly just yelling, he goes, Luke Bryan! Luke Bryan! See, now you went too far with the movie references, and I, I, I've, I know of Raising Arizona, but I haven't actually seen it. You need to see that. It's hilarious. It's great. All right, so moving on to our Speaking next of case. hilarious and things that are great, ties into the next segment, uh, Josh's pick, which it Shoot. is pretty funny. I thought this is a, one of the quirkiest segments I've seen on the show for sure. Yeah, definitely. When I saw this, the, I was... The strange case of Hugh Harlan. Yeah, I saw this and I was like, yeah, I got to talk about this. Um, I just like kind of picked this one randomly out of the segments I have um, on my computer. Um, that I won't talk about how I got. Um, I I just like I was like oh Hugh Harlan. I just double clicked on. It. I was like oh I I really like this segment. And then come to find it's out from season six, and I believe uh, the other one that we just talked about is also from season six. Yeah, I noticed that uh, they're going up in the um you know the seasons and all that on Amazon Prime, which is where you can watch these. By the way, if you want, you know, if you want, they're to see up to the ninth season, and I think there's only supposed to be twelve. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> 
Like, we're finally getting out of the late 80s, early 90s, because it seemed like every single case we covered was, like, from, the, like, the like 89 or 90 or 91 or something. But anyway, this guy, Hugh Harlan, um, on the surface... I'm just jumping into a segment here. On the surface, Morocco Bay, California is a... Pit- Moro. Moro? What did I say, Morocco? Yeah. Oh, whatever. On the surface, <laughs> Moro Bay, California is a picture postcard seaside fishing village. But this charming town holds a secret to a murder... Or perhaps two. Ooh. Hugh Harlan, a well-known resident of Morro Bay, sometimes worked as a fisherman. Hugh fished when the spirit moved him. Morro Bay businesswoman and resident Catherine Cordero knew him well. There were a number of times he would stop by our business. We would be unloading fish and he'd roll up his sleeves and pitch in. And six or seven to ten hours later, when we were finally done, you know, he wouldn't take any money for his help. He just... He wasn't just a weirdo. He might have been weird at times, but he wasn't a weirdo. Okay, lady, those are those are two perfectly logical. That's an oxymoron. Yeah, like you can't just be like, he wasn't just a weirdo. He might have been weird, but he wasn't a weirdo. Come on, he's a weirdo. Just well, just admit I it. mean, don't beat around the bush, lady. Just. You know, to call somebody it. who just gave you like ten hours of free labor a weirdo is. I mean, even though she wasn't calling him a weirdo, but to, to, to even suggest that he could be weird, I mean, it's kind of dickish if you ask me. It's like, maybe he's just yeah. a good Samaritan. I, I would have been just like, you know, if you if you think he's weird, just go out and say it. Don't give me this half-assed, he might have been weird, but he wasn't a weirdo. I mean, she kind of brings it up out of nowhere, too. I mean, that's that's like, yeah, I do a podcast with Mike uh, every Saturday. Like, I don't know if he likes fish, but he might. Like, I, I mean, I wouldn't say he's a fish lover, but... Maybe he doesn't hate it either. But yeah, I do a podcast with him. It's like, what? Those two statements like don't really go together. You know, like. No, but I, I do. I do like fish, especially sushi. So yeah, I'm a big fan. Of and sushi. you apparently like spicy chicken sandwiches. I really don't like spicy chicken sandwiches. So what? I don't know where that came Wasn't from. Wasn't there a chicken sandwich story or something that you told that? was? Well, I, I like a guacamole chicken sandwich that has a little bit of a kick to it, but it's not really oh, a spicy chicken sandwich. This podcast is going off the rails. All right, moving back to the segment here. Uh, un- <laughs> it's getting too weird. It's, it's, getting, it's getting weird. I won't, say, I won't say his podcast is a weirdo, but it is getting weird. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, Hugh's wife, Dan- uh, Diane, squandered what little money Hugh earned. According to Catherine Cordero, it led to more than one bitter argument. They weren't getting along very well, and Diane would do bizarre things, including opening a can of dog food and serving it to Hugh for dinner. <laughs> oh my god. I'm just imagining that scenario. I'm sorry, that, but if someone ever disres- if someone ever disrespected me to that point... Uh, their face is going into that, that plate of dog food. I don't care who you are. It seemed Diane cared more for her dogs than she did Hugh. Well, that's not weird. Uh, my mom a hundred percent cares more about her dogs than she does for my dad, but I digress. In fact, around town, Diane was known as the dog lady. Again, not that weird, but anyway. Um, well, I mean, normally you hear about the cat lady. Uh, yeah, not really I, the dog lady here, very often. Here in the South, at least, I can't speak for other parts of the country, but uh, there's a lot of dog ladies here. A lot of dog people in general, but, you know, women have the motherly instinct. They're more connected to living things, you know, in a motherly way, so there are, there are a lot of dog ladies. Um, Uh-oh. 
<laughs> well, you know, whatever. It's fucking true. Women have fucking uh, uteruses and they bear children. Is that sexist to say that no, women no, have kids? I know, I'm just... What? That Some is sexist. Would. Men can have kids too. No, they actually can't, biologically speaking. I, I'm still outraged about something. I don't know what anymore. I just want cake. Um, <laughs> you know, whatever. Fuck off. They want to eat. Th- they want to have their cake and eat it too. Really? So you're right. Uh, I'm being a real dick right now. Anyway, um, <laughs> dick is the theme of this podcast. Is it the name or is it the um, anat- anatomical thing? I don't know. Well, get back to the fucking segment, Josh. You know, you stray off and then okay, fair enough. On October 13th, 1982, the badly decomposed body of a woman was found just off the beach at Morro Bay. Police could not identify her, but they could identify the murder weapon. According to Detective Manny Silva of the Morro Bay Police Department, the victim had been strangled with a dog leash. Damn. Quote, the investigators immediately put out a news media release with a description asking for the public's assistance identifying this individual. Later in the evening, the department was contacted by a Hugh Harlan. Hugh Harlan was shown several pieces of jewelry, and he identified the jewelry as belonging to his wife, Diane. Dirty Diana! No! Um, Hugh told police that Diane had been away from home for 12 days. He said he wasn't worried until he heard about the body. First, he told detectives that the night Diane disappeared, the dogs had come home with their leashes on. Then he said the dogs were not wearing leashes when they came home, Detective Silver. Ah, that's not good. That's conflicting information. Detective Silver goes on to say, When Hugh Harlan changed his story, the investigators began to look more closely at him as a possible suspect. Catherine Cordero questioned Hugh point blank. I asked him, I said, Hugh, you know a lot of people suspect you. Did you kill her? I know she's bizarre, and I know she tried to push your buttons. Did you do it? He said, I didn't do it. I knew when he answered that question, he was telling the truth. Yeah, I don't know. How do you know that? I don't know. How do you know that, uh, Catherine? You know? I mean, how do you know? How the fuck do you know that? You don't know that. You know, she threw in another weirdo thing, but this time she called his wife bizarre. <laughs> yeah, this Catherine's a little judgmental of people, I think. Uh, Catherine needs to move off of the island, I think, because uh, this island is only for open-minded people, apparently. Uh, dog lovers and uh, free spirits that like to work for 10 hours with no pay. Or maybe it's an island full of dummies. I don't know. Uh, police eventually ruled... Or an island full of dicks. Oh, yeah. Now you're talking my language. Just kidding. <laughs> but it's cool if that's... Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. I don't think we started out this way, you know, but I just think as, as time time moves on, you, you, you just you just get so fucking political with every, you know, you, or you, you become uh, like your own. No, no, this is just an awkward podcast, but that's how it normally is. Yeah, so it's, it's not, normally very that's awkward. It's not anything unusual, really. Well, because, yeah, I mean, <laughs> anyway. Police eventually ruled out Hugh as a suspect. Uh, the case remained unsolved and four years passed. Then on November 1st, 1986, Hugh went to a friend's house to borrow some tools for a construction job up the coast. Hugh set off for San Simeon, 27 miles north of Morro Bay. Hugh's friend, Steve Matthew, said he soon received a disturbing call. The next thing we knew, I had gotten a call from a mutual friend in Cambria, wondering why Hugh's truck was sitting off the side of the road and had been there for a day or so. Steve Matthew said he and a friend, Eddie Grimes, drove to Cambria to check out Hugh's abandoned truck. I got curious as to what was going on. I took a look inside and I saw Hugh's glasses on the dash. 
and I saw a couple tins on the dash. One was tobacco, and one was just some ragweed pot that he smoked quite regularly. All of these things weren't really adding up to me since three days or so had transpired since the last time I'd seen him, and this was basically the way he had left, end quote. What kind of pot is ragweed pot? Yeah, I often... Is this just some shitty pot? Yeah, I, like, I, 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 I think that might be their term for reggies or regs or whatever. Uh, regs would be the term for just your bottom of the barrel, or I guess regular pot, you know, that, uh-huh. that just won't get you... Well, that explains up. why he's weird. Yeah, um... Before Steve, before Steve and Eddie returned to Morro Bay, Steve said they did a quick search of the area and found Hughes' truck keys. It was at that point that I had decided that there were just too many elements involved here to be a straight-up situation. Did Hugh Harlan meet with foul play, or did he choose to disappear? Detective Bill Wamuck of the San Luis Obispo County Sheriff's Office said, There are several possibilities as to what could have happened to Mr. Harlan. Number one... He could have staged his disappearance. He knows he had been at one time questioned regarding the homicide of his Excuse wife. Me. Knowing Hugh, Steve thinks that's possible. Quoting Steve here, he says, I totally believe that Hugh was smart enough and crafty enough to engineer his own disappearance. And just exactly in this manner. The thing that I've never been able to decide is if that's actually what he did or if there was some foul play here. End quote. Detective Manny Silva suspects that Hugh had been hiding a secret. Hugh Harlan, I knew, I believe, and I think the investigators at the time believed, knew more about the case than what he was telling them. And my concern is that he was possibly harmed by some individual who may very well have harmed Diane Harlan. The case of Diane and Hugh Harlan remains unsolved. The key to the mystery lies in finding Hugh Harlan, if he is still alive. Yeah, this is a puzzling case, an interesting one. Uh, There was uh, great acting by the reenactors uh, especially the guy who played Hugh they did a great job finding this guy who was a character bearded hippie I think of like Rick Rubin if you know who that is like he was half of the guy people persons who founded a Def Jam white guy with a mm-hmm. very bearded kind of reminds me of that guy um uh, a pothead Santa Claus yes pothead Santa Claus uh, it's crazy they got a picture on the website here of I guess Hugh and Diane Diane's not horrible looking, actually. She's kind of cute um, in an old lady way. Maybe she didn't wear her hair like that and those like old lady glasses. But this picture literally looks like it's from the 1800s. It's like that sepia. Yeah. It's like sepia toned, like Hughes' eye. Uh-huh. You know, like those old like Civil War pictures, and all the soldiers' eyes look like mm-hmm. very like glassy and ghostly. Like you can't quite yeah. tell what color their eyes are. They just look like white, and then you just see the tiny little pupils in the middle. That's kind of like this picture here. Looks very weird. I didn't even know we had the technology to take old ass crappy pictures like that anymore. Like, yeah. like even if you wanted well, to. <laughs> well, uh, some cameras were pretty crappy back then when you took the took the picture. Lighting also is a big factor. I, when it comes to this case, uh, I think Hugh is gone, and I think he's dead. I don't know how he died. I don't know who killed him, but I don't think he's still alive. Uh, and I think he might have killed his wife. There's a pretty funny. There's a pretty funny comment on here. Uh, some anonymous says you allegedly feed your spouse dog food and don't expect something sinister to happen to you. I feel bad enough feeding dog food to my dog. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely do. Like I said, I, I I think it's a plausible theory that he killed. His wife. 
it sounds like potentially an act of of uh, passion, you know, murder of passion, where it was just like, feeding me dog food, sick and fucking tired of these dogs. You want your dogs here, put you on a leash, just like your dogs. Um, or maybe not. I don't know. It's kind of weird though for a pothead to murder somebody. Potheads are maybe he was, potheads usually maybe he was super. He was at. It was he smoked some bad pot or something. And was on a trip. Nah, nah. Potheads are usually too. Uh, they're usually too kind of spaced out and lethargic to like do really any kind of like killing. Uh, maybe. Uh, maybe he got a hold of some other drugs. I don't know. I don't know what. It, what type of stuff he well, does? Well, that's see, that's the whole thing. Like the whole the whole thing about pot being illegal and alcohol is legal. Like alcohol is totally. It's worse for you. Uh, yeah, alcohol is totally something that you could you could you know you drink too much of it and you kill somebody. Absolutely, but dude, yeah. weed out of all the potheads I have known, when you were stoned, you don't you don't want to even like argue with anybody. You're just like, hey, it's cool, man. Whatever, just chill out. We just. Just relax, man. We're all we're all we're all having a good time here. Like I have never seen anybody in the peak of their being stoned get like really angry and be like, "Get the fuck out of my house! I'll kill you!" Like it just it just <laughs> mellows you out. I mean, the few yeah, the few times I have tried marijuana, um, <laughs> it just made me very lethargic. Made me want to sleep. It it uh, just mellows you the fuck out. I don't know. But ragweed pot, I don't know what kind of pot that is. <laughs> Some kind of So what what do you think happened? Um if he did if he didn't directly murder his wife, he probably knew who did or he, you know, had a connection to who the person who did. Because uh, a big thing, uh it's not so much the her feeding him dog food thing cuz that's like, you know, that po- that might have happened one or two times, and it was like sensational, and so. Uns- but that's humiliating. It really is. Yeah, but that was that's one of those details that's juicy. So they're gonna put it in the story. But what really I focus more on is the part about saying how she squandered what little money he made. Now that that yeah that is much yeah. more of a point of contention than being fed dog mm-hmm. food, because. You know, if this guy's making only a little bit of money, and then she's taking it, and she's spending it on whatever you know and 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 basically controlling him financially he has she hasn't by the balls financially um i i could see that being more of a factor because you know as as you were saying or as i was saying whoever said it you know the three things that it's like sex money and uh revenge or whatever for the prime motives from that's what that's what uh the one of the detectives said so you can see my my mind is like a steel trap as far as the memory because we just talked about that like 10 minutes ago in here I'm in already, the other case yeah in the other case and i'm already forgetting about it um but yeah i i think uh i think that was if he did are you high right now josh or are, are you are you have you smoked some ragweed pot before you know mike the podcast today i'm not high but i am having a bad trip on life just i just don't have the high component to the 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 good You're part just tripping on everything I'm, in your life just I've had uh, I have basically uh the aspects of coming down but not the aspects of actually being high from doing the drug. I just have the feeling oh, I'm just joking. I, I didn't sleep good last night. It took me forever to fall asleep again and it's just kind of bummed me out cuz I thought I was over this insomnia shit and it just I had like a relapse I guess last night for some reason. It might be, you know, might be stress related, might be something going on. 
inside. Probably didn't help that I drank like two Coke Zeros before, right before I went to yeah. bed. Yeah, yeah. Okay. How much caffeine? How much caffeine is in that? Had a Red Bull earlier that day. <laughs> uh, heard something. I seriously, I was like right about to drift off to sleep. Watch some, watch some unsolved mysteries before I went to bed. Yeah. Dude, I was right about to like drift off to sleep, I felt like, and I heard something scampering around in my room. And I, so I like got up and I was like, what the fuck was that? And um, there's like this little like uh, cutaway board in my closet and you can remove it. And I did. Uh-huh. I removed it just to see what was behind there, and it was that. It's actually like an access to like my like under my bathtub, like the pipes and shit. But then mm. I looked, and like like the ground is like right under there, like the ground like under my house, like there's dirt and shit. So it's like this little board is the only thing sealing. And there was no seal around it either. It's just a board covering the hole. So I'm like, how much AC is escaping through this hole? Like, and, yeah, that is that is bad. Yeah, that- and like what. What kind of you could have like a mole or something get in your house? Yeah, or like what like that. what kind of creatures can get? Yeah, you know, so I taped it up. I taped up around the edges of this board around this hole, and then I also put shit against it. It literally looks like I have like a like a like a fucking uh, alien child or some kind of like <laughs> <laughs> zombie kid that I'm keeping in there because like it looks like. Not the cellar door. Don't let him out. Don't let him out, you fool. He'll kill us all. Like, it looks very creepy. But uh, I don't know if something came in through that. I mean, the tape's still up, but yeah, I don't know. So anyway, uh, that's the case of Hugh Holland. Um, you can draw your own conclusions from that. I just thought it was an interesting story. Although I will say the segment is more interesting than uh, than the, the story that we just read. I think the acting and kind of the characters... The colorful character of Hugh Harlan in the segment is what really makes it. Yeah. So you can watch that on, uh, what is it, mm-hmm. season six with Robert Stack. Yep. You know what's weird? I'm like reading the bottom of this uh, unsolved site here, and it says, watch this case on Amazon Prime in season six with Robert Stack and in season four with Dennis Farina. So, yep. so they really just cut up that show for the Dennis Farina revamp. They just cut it like all the segments and just threw them in and just uh, totally just broke the order of the original show. Just a, yet another reason why that revamp was absolute garbage. And why I'm worried about another revamp. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I I don't know. I, I, I mean, like, what they were able to do with the show was so uh, good. It was such a public good in general, you know, by, like, helping to solve all these crimes and stuff, but you got to remember the reason why people tuned in was because it was well made. I mean, there were a bunch of shows out there that just gave you the meat and potatoes. Cindy James, or weird random name I picked, uh, Steve O'Brien w- be- became missing as of November 22nd, 1993. He was last seen wearing a striped shirt. If you have any information, call this number. You know, there was a bunch of shows out there like that. But Unsolved Mysteries, like, really put... It was everything that they added, which is why people watched. And then in turn, maybe you see someone on there. It's like, oh, I know what happened to that person. So it was kind of like, it's almost like, uh, you know, like a song that has a message in it that gets you to change your way of thinking. You would you would never have pursued that way of thinking. But when it's delivered to you in an entertaining medium, then all of a sudden you're like digging it, you know. And that's kind of the same thing with Unsolved Mysteries. I feel like if they bring it back... All that stuff that everyone liked about it, it's not going to be there. 
Or maybe it is. I don't know. I mean, we talked about this earlier on a previous podcast, but I think now with all the uh, shows like Stranger Things and just all these shows that are coming back that are bringing back that kind of um, 80s or that, that kind of older aesthetic, but they're doing it right. They're not doing it corny. They're And they're certainly not trying to uh, revamp it and make it cool for the kids like the Dennis Farina one tried to do. So maybe they can do it. Maybe they can. I don't know. Um, I can tell you right now, I'm not going to like it as much as the original, no matter what it is. Because I just have, yeah, I have too much of it. For sure. I mean, it, you can't replace Robert Stack. Yeah. He's irreplaceable. Yeah, he is. You know, I was watching that show the other day and I was like, man, I, I just really wish he was still alive. I just wish he wasn't yeah. dead. You know, like it just I know, it bums me out to even think about sometimes. Like, I don't know. It just sucks knowing that he that dude's not like mm-hmm. alive. It's kind of how I feel about like Robin Williams. Well, and for, yeah, Robin Williams. Uh, but for me, they live on forever through their work, you know, for Robert Stack, things like Unsolved Mysteries, Robin Williams for, you know, his multitude of many films and TV shows he's been a part of. So, yeah, they're never truly dead. And then no. another, another thing that can happen, too, is uh, and this happens a lot with bands, you know, that they the ones that stick around for a long time, uh, they hit their kind of peak and then they just kind of keep putting stuff out. And it's just it, the, the quality declines and they're kind of seen mm-hmm. as like a shell of what they once were. So it's kind of it's kind of tra- it's tragic. But at the same time, it's kind of like, uh, you know, to end on a high note kind of thing, you know, rather than just keep going and drive it into the ground. Because, you know, what has sucked even more yeah. was to see a season of Unsolved Mysteries with Robert Stack. That was just absolute garbage. You know, that that would have yeah. truly been tragic. Yeah. So let's uh, transition into some bizarre news stuff. Or otherwise sometimes known as news of the bazaar. Now, we, we are finally finishing up <laughs> the list of cryptozoological creatures from across the United States. I think we left off at Oklahoma, right? Oh, With the Oklahoma. And you can take it oh, from here. Oh, I get to do the stakini? Okay. Yeah. yeah, so these are uh, these are crypt, as Mike was the saying. The stakini in a bikini, yeah. Oh, that sounds... Like something I wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. Um, or a 10-foot dick. Um, yeah, so, like, I think not last episode, but this episode before that, we investigated mm-hmm. the cryptids from each state. It's like the, the, the state's biggest cryptid and cryptids would be any kind of, um, you know, cryptozoological creature like Bigfoot or, uh, you know, any of those kind of swamp, a skunk ape. So, like, Florida, our biggest cryptid that we have is skunk ape. And uh, Unsolved Mysteries did a segment about that. Um... We haven't gotten to uh, West Virginia yet, but if it's not Mothman, I'm going to be pissed off if, if West Virginia's <laughs> isn't Mothman. Uh, so for Oklahoma, we have the Stakini. Uh, Stakinis are a legend from the Seminole folklore, which found its way to Oklahoma when the Seminole people were forced to migrate uh, there from their native Florida. The video game Final Fantasy features a version of the Stakini, and, uh, and as such, the wiki page for the game features a solid breakdown of the creature's etymology. Stakini appear as normal humans by day, but at night they transform into owls or other animals and sneak off into the woods and vomit up their internal organs that are hung up in a tree or else hidden. The Stakini then transforms into an owl. Okay, I thought it was already an owl. And flies off (laughs) to feast on human hearts, which they rip from sleeping humans through their mouths. 
Holy the shit. The stakini must retrieve and swallow its organs to transform into a human being again. Hearing the cry of a stakini is said to be an omen of approaching death. Stakini. Yeah, because it's going to rip your heart out <laughs> through your mouth. So. Stakini <laughs> legends are most prominent in Stickland, Oklahoma, where the creatures are typically described as owls with human faces. Oh, Stickland? Yeah, I know. Isn't that, isn't that funny? Now, I would have to... Well, it's probably they, they're like, oh, we need a creature. We're a stickland, a stickini. <laughs> now, I would have to say that um, if, if I was to say uh, any of these cryptids were bullshit, it would probably have to be that one, the stickini. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I think uh, number 37 is also bullshit as well. Oregon, uh, unknown goblin-like creature. On December 30th, 2013, a video surfaced claiming to show a strange creature resembling a hybrid between a man and a goblin. While it seems obvious the creature in the video is computer-generated, it is not out of the realm of possibility an animal bearing this description could occupy the woods of Oregon alongside his more famous Pacific Northwest cousin, Sasquatch himself. These mics, where, where's the fire at, buddy? Why are you reading that so fast? <laughs> you, you're a rapper? Are you working on your rap career now? Your pros? Anyway, um... I, I love the picture for this unknown goblin yeah, creature. Yeah, it's great. It, it, like, I don't... The picture that they found, I don't know if this is a goblin. This looks like Aaron Spelling or something like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a goblin. It's just wearing a suit. This guy looks mm. like... This guy looks like it's, the... the like he, like one of the guys that you would see on like a sugar daddy website, like looking for some <laughs> young, nubile piece of tail. And he looks like he like... Tried to walk over to the girl and like slap her. It's like Larry King. Yeah, yeah. He like tried to go over and slap her on the ass, and the girl's like, "Get the, you know what the fuck's wrong with you, you pervert!" And and like the reaction he's making, he's like, "Hey, You're what's like, wrong?" Hey, he's like throwing his arms out, and he's like, "Hey, I'm just an old pervert." That's that's literally the picture this this guy's making this unknown goblin. Like it's so ridiculous looking yet hilarious. It, yeah, you're right with the shoulders. Yeah. Going, it does look more, look more like Larry King. Why do Larry King's shoulders go up like past his head? He's like the only human being whose shoulders go up past his fucking head. Um, all right, uh, no, maybe he's a cryptid. Number thirty-eight, Pennsylvania, state of Pennsylvania. We have the white Bigfoot. Why they got to bring his color into it? That's all I'm saying. Uh, a strange all-white Bigfoot creature has been spotted numerous times around the Carbondale, Pennsylvania area. Due to his height appearing to be shorter than many other creatures of the same ilk, some speculate this to be a juvenile Sasquatch, or else another breed of cryptid altogether. <laughs> I'm just imagining a teenage Sasquatch. Uh, just being all angsty and edgy and shit. Yeah, where was, like, the 90s Fox TV show about that? Um, <laughs> there's even a rather famous video of this creature that, while likely fake, is nonetheless well done. Oh, they got the video here? They got a little, little, little hyperlink to it? Okay, this is 46 seconds. Long. Oh my god, this video is kind of creepy. Um, this this is 46 seconds long. I'll post this in the um, in the group or whatever. Number 39 is Rhode Island, and their cryptid is the Big Roadie. Rhode Island's own version of Bigfoot. He doesn't appear to have much in by the way of features that distinguish him from other Sasquatch creatures. He even has his own blurry video captured by two guys out in the woods. Some legends are just too good to alter in any way. Well, that's lame. 
In the picture, they got some kind of like ape looking kabuki mask or something like that to represent him. Like, uh, yeah. The, I think this uh, ranker.com was getting a little lazy here on some of these pictures, doing like Goblin Larry King and now Kabuki Ape Face. Um, well, the Lizard Man is the lizard from The Amazing Spider Man. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So, South Carolina, we have Lizard Man of Scape or Swamp, uh, and apparently Spider Man. This uh, this lizard man is not associated with lizard people, the race of creatures said to control the world <laughs> by disguising themselves as politicians and government I officials. I love that. It's like, it's not associated with the lizard oh, people. Oh, well, thank, okay? thank it's you. It's a different type of lizard. Thank you for making that distinction, because I was really starting to worry there. Um, no, this guy sticks to swamps around Lee County <laughs> and enjoys terrifying citizens in their cars, among other antics. This ain't no highfalutin government official lizard. This this is a good old boy lizard that sticks around Lee goddamn county and enjoys terrifying citizens like a lizard, good, simple lizard person. Not them old fancy White House lizard people. From Wikipedia, the lizard man is generally described as being, oh, seven foot tall, which is, if you haven't been keeping up, is the height of all cryptids, apparently. Um, it's bipedal and... Except for the Dover Demon. Yeah, and a, probably the white uh, Sasquatch. Uh, and it is covered in dark hair with scaly lizard-like skin on its hands, feet, and face. It is said to have three toes on each foot and three fingers on each hand. The creature has an incredible degree of strength, more than capable of ripping into a car. A few witnesses have reported seeing a tail, although in the majority of cases, a tail was not seen. Number 41 is from South Dakota, and it is the Hitchhiking Demons. And the picture they have here is pretty creepy. Looks like some kind of monster you might see in Courage the Cowardly Dog. Uh, this looks like a male model for Hollister, <laughs> who they decided to put in some face paint and go, look scary. Okay. And it's like, okay, I'm going to do my best to look scary. Boo. Boo, I'm scary. <laughs> but I think I think it's someone who would see this, this Hitchhiking Demon would just go, oh, if you... Besides the orange glowing eyes, look at that cheekbone structure and those luscious pouty <laughs> lips. It's kind of what this picture looks like. <laughs> so outside Eagle Butte, or Butt, outside Eagle Butt, South Carolina, a man driving home late at night was first circled by a band of glowing red orbs that surrounded his car. Then the man came upon a translucent being standing on the side of the road. The entity reached through the man's windshield and touched his head. He described this creature as such. It was glowing like a real dim light bulb because you could see through it. Eyes were the size of human, really long nose and length. It has a really big mouth. Its arms were like sticks. They were parallel through each other. And the two sticks looked like it was glowing. And it was around four feet tall, but its arms stretched. That was a really... There was also another... <laughs> that was a really bad description that that person gave. It was like English his third language. That was pretty bad, I'm going to be honest. There was also another creature standing alongside this being. The other one on the left-hand side of the road had a face like a beast, horrifying, ugly, looked wrinkly, walked like a squad about the size of a goat. It was glowing too, reddish-brown. It was wide and narrow. While this other creature stayed on the road, the first being reportedly entered the man's car and rode with him for several, mile, several miles before vanishing completely. I find that funny, to be perfectly honest. Up next, we got Tennessee. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that car ride? 
No, Just no, I can't. Given that guy's like... shitty description, I he painted no picture really. I, I was more or less trying to decipher the the sentence than I was. Well, imagine if it was this Abercrombie and Fitch guy who was just hanging out. Hey, Boo. Uh, I think you're pretty cool. You want to hang out later on? You want to touch my cheekbones in my well-defined orbital ridge? Hey. Today at Hollister, we have a buy one, get one half off on our t-shirts. Oh, by the way, boo. <laughs> 42, we got Tennessee Wildman. Are you sure this is not a hillbilly? <laughs> it looks like a hillbilly to me from the picture. This looks like uh, it's like one of, those, one of those old wrestlers. What was that wrestler who wore the uh, like the overalls? The old like from WWF like the, like eighties. Hillbilly Jim was that it? <laughs> That's who this is. Theorized to be escaped eight man specimen from a traveling freak show and possibly the progenitor of the Bigfoot race of cryptids. The Tennessee wild man first appeared in McNary County in the in the eighteen hundreds. He is described as tall and hairy, but far more human in appearance than his more ape like brethren. Yeah, because he's a fucking redneck. He's a hillbilly. It's a, it's a hillbilly. That man, with all the with all the kind of inbreeding and shit going on in the Appalachian Mountains out there in Tennessee, I, I mean, you you really can't you know you can't bat an eye when you see like a big hairy looking humanoid thing coming down from the hill, you know, to get some moonshine. Got that white light. Number f- <laughs> number forty three is from Texas, and it is the Chupacabra. Finally, a fucking decent cryptid. The legend of El Chupacabra is believed to have originated in Puerto Rico. But the creature has made its way through Latin America and finally began appearing in southwest states in America, particularly Texas. Chupacabra, which means goat sucker, is described as being about the size of a young bear with scaly spikes running down the length of its back. It walks on its hind legs and true to its name, killing goats and draining them of their blood. Now, while most of these cryptids are complete bullshit, uh, Chupacabra is actually an interesting cryptid to look into. Um, there's really compelling evidence. Uh, oh, oh, well... Not maybe not evidence that it exists, but kind of some mysterious happenings in Puerto Rico. Unsolved Mysteries did a whole segment on it. Our, we talk about Chupacabra on episode 19, I believe, where I interviewed Don Devereaux. I think we talked about El Chupacabra before I interviewed him. So go check that out if you want to hear more about that. Uh, 44 coming in for the state of Utah. We have the hobbled humanoid. A couple was attacked by an unknown creature in November 2010. They pulled over on the side of the road during an argument, and the man had stepped out to get some fresh air. That's when he spotted a figure similar to that of a bear charging toward their vehicle at a rapid pace, despite the fact that the animal appeared to be hobbling as though injured. The man clambered back into his car and told his girlfriend to speed away. She did so, but the animal caught up to them easily. Getting a closer look, the couple noticed that the creature was completely covered in thick black fur. The only thing visible is its eyes, which appeared to bulge out of its head like those of a praying mantis. After several minutes of pursuit, the creature vanished. This is such a incredibly weak uh, cryptid for, I mean, they must have had nothing for Utah, so they just, like, grabbed the first, like, kind of weird story they could. Yeah. Because this is, they're literally going off of one couple's account of something that, I mean, this isn't years of folklore or anything like that. This is like, oh, this weird thing ran after us one time by this couple who may or may not have been... On some kind of uh, mind-altering substance. So Utah, very weak Utah, hobbled humanoid. Go fuck 
Yeah, fuck you, Utah. Number 45 is Vermont, and their cryptid is the Pigman. Pigman! <laughs> That's just stupid. I, I, I wonder if he hangs out with a goat man. They're probably best friends. Reminds me of that, si- the pig- reminds me of that Seinfeld episode where uh, Jerry goes to a hospital to visit someone or something, and Kramer claims that he runs it. He, he stumbled into a, a room and he goes, there's a pig man, Jerry, a pig man. <laughs> and he like, you know, tries to find this pig man for the rest of the episode. That was a good show. The pig man of Northfield, Vermont, actually has a name, Sam Harris. Oh, my God. It is said Harris disappeared on the night before Halloween in 1951, though never found. Many theorize that Harris became possessed by Satan that fateful night, forcing him to stalk the woods for, for all eternity. Now, if you're possessed by Satan, why would Satan choose the form of a pig man? I mean, I don't know why not. Sounds pretty, pretty pathetic, and lame, and not scary at all. <laughs> not intimidating. Sam Harris is known to slaughter pigs, eat their entrails, haul about the pig's head, and wear it over himself while terrorizing the New England town locals. Oh, so he actually really isn't a half man, half pig. Sam supposedly still hunts the hills surrounding Devil's Wash Bowl. It's Devil's Wash Bowl. I mean, it shouldn't be hanging out around there. There's some place called the Devil's Wash Bowl. I'm pretty sure there's some devilish shit going on there. Rumor has it that he lies with pigs and is also known for bestiality, spawning half-men, half-pig offspring. What about man-bear pig? Something like man-bear pig or... Uh... Well, first of all, these people would stop naming places like Satan's shit can. Uh, bad stuff <laughs> would probably stop happening there. Kind of uh, bringing it upon <laughs> yourselves at this point when pigmen are are breeding and shit. When you're naming it stuff like Devil's Wash Bowl. <laughs> when I think of pigmen, I, th- I think of that uh, scene in Willow where uh, Morta turns all the people into pigs. You're all pigs. All right, up next. Oh, I get I get this one. Uh, for the state of Virginia, we have Mothman. Uh, now, that's bullshit. I, I could have sworn it was West Virginia. Maybe I was wrong. Point Pleasant. I thought it was Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Whatever. I forget that West Virginia is a state. What's the point of it? Why is it? Why, I mean, I'm sure people in Virginia know, people in West Virginia know, but I never learned why we needed a West Virginia. It's very bizarre to me. Like, that was... Be, there, you know, there's South Florida with Miami and stuff, but that's not its own state. Anyway, um, a spate of sightings in 1966 and 1967 established Virginia's most well-known urban legend, the Mothman. He is described as either a brown or white figure with the body of a man and the wings of a moth. His eyes are said to glow red when illuminated. This cryptid received the Hollywood treatment in 2002 with the Richard Gere uh, starring film... <laughs> I, okay. I know, it's, it's a weird <laughs> sentence. With the Richard Gere starring film, The Mothman Prophecies, which I have not seen. Is that a good movie, Mike? Yeah, it is. You should check it out, especially if you like Mothman. I didn't already know that you had seen it. I just assumed you'd seen it when I asked you that question, and I assumed correctly. You were right. Number 47, Washington. I lo- <laughs> My current home stage. It's home state. Oh, it didn't this work out. Didn't this work out conveniently? You landed on your home state. And I love how they're using Harry from Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The granddaddy of them all. The original Bigfoot has been spotted across all of Washington state more times than any other region in the U.S. In 2014 alone, there were 573 reported encounters with old Sasquatch. There are even guides for Sasquatch sighting in Washington. Apparently, the Cascades Mountain region is the best place to catch, if only fleetingly, Bigfoot in action. 
Yes, and there are several Unsolved Mysteries segments about I this. really do not want to see Bigfoot in action. That does not sound like fun. You know, one of my friends was trying to, like, you know, they were trying to just completely take a huge dump on, like, cryptids and UFOs, alien beings and all that, and they were talking about, like, you know, oh, well, why don't we see any evidence of Bigfoot in the forest or anything like that? And, you know, I went into the fact of like, you know, well, I mean, have you ever even seen like a dead carcass of any large animal? I haven't, you know, I I, I had to go out to this very remote part of the woods one time just to see a dead cattle carcass one time. And even that was rare because nature takes care of that shit really quickly in the wild. Um, and uh, I, I honestly feel like I, I feel like. Uh, the proliferation of Bigfoot sightings in the 80s and 90s, I kind of feel like uh, they died off after that. I, I feel like they aren't really spotted anymore or you don't really hear about it as much. I, I think because there's, there's not... I think they were endangered if they were real, um, which I, I kind of believe they were. Um, but I think they've died off. I think I think they are extinct, whatever they were. The next one, <laughs> okay. uh, Josh has here is it's great. I love I love the photo for I guess it. Guess Mike it's, had it's nothing hilarious. to say on that. Um, yes, this is for West Virginia, the state that I forget that exists. Uh, the Flatwood Monster on September twelfth, nineteen fifty two, a group of Flatwood, West Virginia residents ran into the woods to investigate a bright red flash they'd seen moments before. While shining a flashlight amongst the trees, one boy's beam fell across an unknown figure. Joe Nickel of Skeptical Inquirer, Inquirer writes, "The lights." The light revealed a towering man-like figure with a round red face surrounded by a pointed hood-like shape. These are all in air quotes. The body was dark and seemingly colorless, but some would later say it was green. And Miss May reported drape-like folds. Who the fuck Miss May is? I don't know. The article doesn't tell us. The monster was observed by uh, was observed only momentarily as it suddenly emitted a hissing sound and glided toward the group. Lemon responded by screaming and dropping his flashlight, <laughs> whereupon everyone fled. Again, who the fuck is Lemon? I don't know. They don't tell me. Uh, while many are convinced... I'm just imagining a, a bipedal Lemon just... <laughs> 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 Lemonhead just screams. While many are convinced this being was extraterrestrial, drops the, uh, the more likely answer was that it was an owl. <laughs> That'd be hilarious to be a, a, a somebody that's right there, and people are screaming and dropping their flashlight, and you see that it's clearly an owl. You're like it's a fucking owl. What is wrong with you, Flatwood monster? Be a fucking break. It's an owl. <laughs> you thought wood. <laughs> Number forty nine, Wisconsin, the beast of Bray Road. It's a very specific road for that beast to inhabit. Yeah. Similar to neighboring Michigan's dogmen legend, this creature, as his name indicates, first appeared near Bray Road, a rural outside Elkhorn, a rural route outside Elkhorn, Wisconsin, in 1936. Described as a hybrid bear dog, he made another rash of appearances in the 80s and 90s, prompting journalist Linda Godfrey to follow the story closely and eventually write a book about the town's terrifying encounters with this cryptid. I, I, the title is great. I have to give it that. What would it sound like in a Wisconsin accent? Hey, you guys. Get over here. I'm gonna scare ya. Got some cheese. <laughs> it's real tasty. <laughs> the bears. I don't know. I don't fucking know. Packers. Oh, well, the Packers. Um, 
Don't even do that. That's terrible. Like in Wisconsin, would be like bears. Bears are a rival. What is wrong with you? But that that's why it's so scary because it's it's it it speaks in a Wisconsin accent and it's a fan of the bears. All right, our final fucking state at long last. We have Wyoming, the Nimmerigar, Nimmerigar, Nimmerijar. I don't know the Nimmerigar. According to Sh- uh, Shoshone legend, uh, a tribe prominent in Wyoming were a vicious race of people standing no taller than three feet, known for attacking passerbys with poison arrows. The art they have here is pretty creepy. I, I, I will definitely have to give the Nim Nimmerigar that. It's got for sure. uh, huge hands, so you know what that means, ladies. Huh? He can hold things, I guess, that are large. I don't know. I have run out of steam officially. I give this podcast a D plus. <laughs> well, speaking of that, uh, D plus for Dick, uh, for dicks. Uh, speaking of dicks, we have one last uh, story for you. It's from Florida, from uh, Josh's home state. Oh yes, of course, it has to be from Florida. <laughs> We're the jackasses of. Uh, the United States. Um, it, I actually saw this uh, swirling around. Sad thing is, people is uh, this 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 actually happened. Uh, like this this picture was posted by the sheriff's office uh, of Pasco County, which is uh, Tampa region. Uh, there was a lot of my friends. An event was made. Um, okay, so they, basically, this 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 is an article that uh, was covered on Vice News, but this was actually something that happened in my backyard, and I saw on my Facebook page. There was an event that was created where someone um, the event was called like "Shoot at Hurricane Irma," and it showed like a guy with a gun shooting at the sky, and like nineteen thousand people said they were going. It was kind of like a, a, a jokey thing. But then, you know, of course, out of these 19,000, there are a few fucking idiots who actually took it serious and were like, I guess, were legitimately going to do it. So at that point, they, uh, the sheriff's office, the Pasco County Sheriff's Office had to tweet, uh, uh, tweet a uh, message saying, to clarify, do not shoot weapons at Irma. You won't make it turn around and it will have very dangerous side effects. And they had to post oh, this man. this uh, graphic or this cartoon animation of a bullet going into this hurricane. And um, it, it's basically showing how the vortex that the hurricane creates is strong enough to where the bullet actually comes. It can come back at you with this vortex. So it's saying bullets come back. Don't shoot. So the article goes on to say... Um, well, basically, just that. It's uh, Pasco County's <laughs> police department had to warn residents this Saturday. I'm just imagining the, the scenario, how it would play out, and it would just be hilarious to witness. Yeah, uh, the trend gained traction after Ryan Edwards and Zeke Murphy created a Facebook event as a joke called Shoot at Hurricane Irma out of stress and boredom. As of Sunday morning, 54,000 people were marked as interested and 27,000 as going. When the event time neared, Edwards clarified, well, guys, it's here, the moment we've been waiting for. It was cool to see the response this got from Facebook. On another note, I've learned that about 50% of the world could not understand sarcasm to save their lives. Carry on. 
And you just imagine that shit, having a party, you know, getting some lawn chairs out, bringing out their guns. But fuck you, Irma! Listen, hear me out before you start to judge me. If enough of us shoot at that down there hurricane, it might damn well turn around and, and hightail it out of here. You never know. Worth a shot. I can finally use all the thousands of guns I've been stockpiling for no reason since I've never had to use them <laughs> on any of these domestic mm -hmm. on any of these terrorists that were supposedly going to come over after 9/11. <laughs> I swear to God, I, I, the rednecks want the revolution to happen just so they can have an excuse to use yeah. all their guns that they've. Are, are you surprised at all that this is from Florida? No, not at all. No, I mean. I know all these people, you know, like every, like growing up, all the people I knew had several, several firearms. And I mean, I'm not against guns or anything like that. I, Go fuck yourself, Irma. I'm going to shoot you. It's just, it's just the, the, the level of paranoia. Eat lead, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Suck lead, motherfucker. Yeah, I don't know. Just the level of paranoia is, I guess, what bothers me more, is that, like, these people legit... Well, I know there were also a bunch of juggalos who marched on Washington, D.C. recently, so... Yeah, I mean, I can't really say anything about that. I like I like ICP. I've gone on record saying that I like ICP, <laughs> so... Um, Although that is kind of funny, though. Oh, yeah, it's hilarious. Um, At the same time as, like, these, like, diehard... Trump supporters. I don't know. I'm not going to comment on any of that shit. No comment. No comment, sir, <laughs> ma'am, madam, to the press. No commento, poor favor. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's the end of the podcast. Um, seems like I had something to... Do I have anything to say? Uh, YouTube? Oh, yeah. Uh, if you like more of me and Mike, but you're tired of hearing us together and you want to separate us into our own respective corners, uh, you can find Mike at his corner of the web at youtube.com slash OCP communications. He reviews movies mainly because he was smart enough to pick one thing to stick to. And that's why he's got all the subscribers he has. Me, on the other hand, my YouTube channel is youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts. And I do a whole fucking cornucopia of different videos. I do taste testing, I do video game reviews, I do music reviews. Uh I did a, I did a, a vlog during the hurricane, which was interesting because uh the lights went out, no power, and I realized that I had all the technology to make a video and even upload it to uh YouTube. So I wanted to do that as a challenge to see if I could do it cuz I had a a, a battery powered light I had my cameras obviously battery powered. Um, my uh, microphone was battery powered. And my laptop was battery powered that has my editing software on there. So I was I was ready. I was able to shoot the video, edit it, export it to my cell phone with with uh, AirDrop, which is like an Apple feature that actually came in handy for once. And from my cell phone, because I had Wi-Fi on my cell phone, I was able to upload it to YouTube. That's why it's only 244p and, like, awful video quality. But, like, I'm not even going to fuck with it. Like, that to me, that's a memento of that situation. Like, I want it to be authentic. Like, yeah, it's horrible video quality because I literally had no internet and no power. So I was still able to upload something. I thought that was kind of impressive. But anyway, that's my channel and whatever. Um... 
Yeah, I guess until next week, everybody take care and stay safe and all that business, and we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. See ya. What's up, guys? The new Dancing with Ghosts album that I have been working on is out now. You can buy it on iTunes or Bandcamp.com or anywhere else online where music is sold. Uh, if you go on Bandcamp, you can get a CD, a compact disc. Isn't that old school and retro of me? Remember those? Uh, or you could just message me on Facebook and say, hey, I want a copy of your CD and I will mail it out to you. But uh, yeah, it's out now and it is it is finished and it's uh, some good stuff. So uh, if you want to go out and check that out, then uh, like I said, search iTunes anywhere else. Uh, music is sold online or go to bandcamp.com and search Dancing with Ghosts. Thank you. Stephen King's It was shit. All right. Well, not the whole thing, but a good amount of it was. I thought the new Pennywise was sewer trash. It was awful. Sounded like the Mad Hatter from Alice in Wonderland. They got him wearing that damn dress and shit. What, like... Yeah. What, what <laughs> like... Is he supposed to be a ballerina in this one or something? <laughs> well, that's what the old clown, you know, designs were... And stuff like that, you know? No, I don't know. I know that uh, the the outfit that the original that the original Pennywise wore was just your baggy clown jumpsuit. Yeah, it was more like a Bozo the Clown type thing, and that's what made it legitimately creepy was that you had this innocent-looking birthday clown who then could turn sinister at the drop of a hat. And in the in the, in this one, he's just. Try hard, scary. Everything about the makeup is trying too hard to be scary, so it doesn't work. And then there's only one way, way for it to go downhill because it's just going to continually try to be scary. When you try to be scary, you're not legitimately scary. Yeah, I did notice that about the the makeup and the clown. It's like they went. Um, I don't know. It almost looks like something from like the Spawn, like Todd McFarlane's Spawn universe or something. That clown. It didn't. It didn't really. To see why the the original clown was scary was because like like you said, it almost looked like a legitimate clown, but there was just something a little off about the head was too round and bulbous, and the eyes were bloodshot, and he just didn't look. You know, it was just it. It was almost normal, but that one, these like few characteristics made it bizarre. But this clown yeah. was like straight up cartoonishly not even close to being what a real clown would look like, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and there's a scene where the kid, Georgie, you know, goes on and sees the clown in the sewer. Is it like, you want your boat back, Georgie? And it, it doesn't really work. Like, why would the kid even go to this clown? He would run away screaming in terror. It doesn't make any sense that he'd be like, yeah, I'm going to trust this clown. This uh, clown who looks like he's going to rape me. Yeah, that, that's a good one. That's definitely going to trust this clown for sure. <laughs> yeah, the original, It. I mean, it. it kind of annoys me when I meet people who don't like the original. 
Well, yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of backlash against the 1990 miniseries lately, especially from people who see this new one and I guess automatically think that anything that's new is legitimately better or is... is... I don't know who the fuck would think that. Well, there's a lot of people who sadly feel that way. <laughs> you know? Uh, the film had like a $35 million budget, so it wasn't super high, but I'm sorry, your budget's not 35 bucks, so CGI balloons don't get a pass from me. <laughs> Why do you have CGI balloons? Like, not every scene with balloons, they were CGI, but, but come on, man. Why do you even have CGI balloons to begin with? <laughs> They're fucking balloons. You can't afford balloons? <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely an instance in where... What, to me, you should only use CGI for things you can't do in real life. If you can make it happen in real life, fucking do it. Make it happen. Yeah. Like, I was watching James Rolfe's critic or review on um, Mortal Kombat the other day, and he was talking about how they had some really bad CGI, like the reptile, you know, yeah, whatever. But, but he, he was saying the good CGI was like, you know, the the spear coming out of Scorpion's hand and how his hand opens up and how that yeah. was like a good use of it. So, I don't know. It's like a it's a balancing act, you know. I, I mean, actually like that movie, so yeah, I do too. I think he was saying he liked it as a kid. I, th I think now he says it's just like passable, but like as a kid, he really loved it. I, I still think I still think it's a legitimately good movie. Uh, the only thing that was missing to me is the gore, you know, like the fatalities and stuff like that. Other than that, I followed the game plot really well. It was a lot of fun. The martial arts was well choreographed. Um, those are five hundred dollars sunglasses, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> a lot better than the sequel, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't um, think I fucked with the sequel. And it's one of the best video game movies for I, for me personally. Yeah, that's what he was saying too. Actually, that's what James Rolfe was saying. The the nostalgia, or oh, not the nostalgia, Greg? Thank you, video game nerd. They're <laughs> interchangeable. Don't get those two confused. <laughs> They're interchangeable to me sometimes. Um, yeah. All right. So you got the cryptids article. Uh, to uh, the... Actually, can you send me that again? Okay. Uh, I I ha I wasn't able to like go through and rewatch either one of these. I wasn't either. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was too I was I was too busy ranting on on it. So yeah, no. <laughs> Are you gonna call it shit? <laughs> no, I didn't do that because that's too easy. Yeah. And honestly. The whole movie isn't shit. There's some good things. I, I thought the direction was fine. Cinematography was good. Uh, some of the kid actors were great. I, I especially loved the actress who played Beverly. Um, it, it just... It was a misfire to me. <laughs> it was just a misfire to me. There's even a scene... I didn't mention in the rant, but there's a scene where... You know, in the miniseries where he's like, Beep, beep! You know, you know beep, beep! Uh, Richie... Now, the whole thing in the miniseries, and I, and I think of the novel, although I haven't read it, is the kids say beep, beep to Richie to get him to shut up. Well, so it makes sense that the clown would pick that up and be like, beep, beep, Richie. Well, in the movie, there's nothing like that. So he's just randomly just saying beep, beep, Richie, and there's no context mm. whatsoever. And speaking of the miniseries, there's a scene in the remake where there's a room full of clowns and Richie is afraid of clowns. There's a room full of stereotypical, cliched clown dolls. You no know, creepy clown dolls, varying versions of them. 
And one of them is clearly modeled after the Pennywise from the 1990, 1990 miniseries. Now, one person, you know, people might look at it as a homage, and it probably is, but to me, it just reminded me of the it that I would rather be watching right now. <laughs> did you did you say that in your your review? I didn't, but I should have. But uh, I didn't. I didn't mention that. There was just so many things, and you know, I I I, I mentioned a lot of stuff, but I just didn't get around to that. I mean, it's better than snatched. Amy Schumer and Goldie Hawn, but that's not saying much at all. That movie sucked. So, oh, it's better than another shitty movie. Wow. Why would you it's even compare a, it to that one? Well, it's a film I watched the same day. Oh. Damn. Two two uh, movies in one day. That were not really that great. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, that, that that's actually like, for me to watch two movies in one day, that's kind of uh, that like... I've done I've done four before easily. Holy shit. That's crazy. Like my brother, like we tried, uh, we were like when we were younger, we were like, let's have a Star Wars marathon and watch all three of the original Star Wars back to back shit by like the second, by the middle of Empire Strikes Back. We were like, all right, let's do something else. This is boring. (laughs) It's brutal for me. Like I, God, I have like my attention span is so bad. Like it's so hard for me to like sit in one spot for like a long period of time like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. Maybe I need to like smoke a fucking fat bowl of weed or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right, so uh, I found. Do you need the Hugh Harlan unsolved link? Uh, no, I got it. Okay. All right, I got everything pulled up here. I have a. If if the cryptids run short or something, I'll pull up a news of the bazaar here because. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Florida what, the guy who stole the light pole? Florida <laughs> sheriffs begs people not to shoot guns at Irma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just got to shit on my, my state some more. Oh, I love that. I love that. Oh, I'm going to grab a... Fuck co- you, Irma! Hey, fuck you, motherfucker! You ain't gonna, I'm going to shoot your ass! Shoot your ass! <laughs> I'm going to grab a Coke Zero. I'll be right back, then we'll get started. All right, okay. <laughs> All right, I have to get myself hyped up. All right, guess we're going. So, uh, whoa, sixty-four. Will you still need me? Will you still bleed me when I'm sixty-four? Something dumpa zimpa zimpa kappa zimpa kappa dubai. Well, that's better than, ooh, look at what you made me do. Dude, whatever, man. I really like that song. Are you serious? Really? Yeah, <laughs> dude, that, that's a great song. Yeah, I, I I love the chorus. Like, that's, that's, it's so, it's so, uh, like, I don't know. I just like it. It's got kind of like that. <laughs> God damn, I got to do cuts on, on B-roll shit now. <laughs> Jesus. Fuck. Not off to the best start. Fuck this shit. <laughs> so what do you want to start with, uh, Dick or Hugh? <laughs> what about huge Dick? <laughs> um. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, I don't know. Really? <laughs> Neither one of them, like, really, uh, 
I mean, they're both good cases, but neither one like is jumping out at me as like this one needs to be saved for last. So let's... how about we start out with some dick? Okay, yeah. <laughs> All right, so episode sixty-four. All right, um, dick. All right. 